we've seen a few more discerning type travellers coming into the play, whereas people wouldn't maybe get typically on a larger vehicle for that um, more extended uh, number. With us reducing capacities to 32 and 20, people in their 50s in my age and, and people that, that, you know, my friends, when I talk to them about the products that we're launching, I think that's really appealing. So it's actually opened up a wider range of people that are considering our tours because it is that more discerning type traveller, the smaller numbers, the experiences, there's a bit more relaxation time because you get more in your day. A 20-seater versus a 48-seater gains an hour more in the day just through the numbers getting on and off the coach. Kia ora everyone and welcome back to the Tourism Chat Show. I'm Michelle and today we've got a pretty famous guest lined up for you. But first, just a reminder, and this is my weekly reminder, to go and leave a raving review on the app that you're currently listening in on and help us move up the charts. Now, we've got some really exciting news to share with you today and depends on how long you've been listening into the show, but today is our 100th episode. So big claps. Thank you very much for listening in. We are very excited about that. Obviously, this started as a little side project through lockdown in 2020, and we've now hit 100 episodes in that time. Obviously, I had Chambers on the show as a co-host with me for a little while until she moved across the ditch to Cairns, but it is great that this show keeps building. We're getting some great feedback. We're obviously still pulling in some exceptional guests for you to listen to, and we just love producing this content for you. So thanks for tuning in. Happy birthday to us. And I hope that um, you've listened to the other 99 episodes. If you haven't, they're all on your favorite app. So go back and let us know what your favorite episode was. Now, as I mentioned, today's guest is very well known in our industry. He is the Managing Director of Grand Pacific Tours. Please welcome Peter Harding. Kia ora, Peter. Kia ora, Michelle. Thanks for joining us today. Now, before we get into the serious business of the interview, we like to get to know our guests a little bit better. So tell us what has been your favourite New Zealand tourism experience over the years and why? Well, there's seen so many of them. So where do I start? But I would have to say that helicopters and Peter Harding actually go very well together. And we've all heard of a pub crawl, haven't we? Okay, yes. <laughs> well, this day we were invited on a heli crawl in, in Queenstown and it started at a great helicopter landing in a beautiful, breathtaking valley with a glass of Verve champagne and then up the top to the Cadrona Hotel and then a final stop down into the Mount Difficulty Vineyard for lunch. And that was with Brad Patterson, who's very well known in the helicopter line and a group of colleagues. And I think the classic line of the day was hurry up and finish the Verve so we can open the Dom. <laughs> so, uh, but no, amazing day for really what is one of the most spectacular parts of New Zealand. Yeah. Now, funny you say that because I actually sort of had a guess thinking what you might answer to that question. And helicopters were at the top and Paddo was probably close behind it. So, yeah, good combo there. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, tell me a little bit about Grand Pacific Tours and your career journey to date. Yeah, well, it stems back to 1996, obviously kicked off the business having worked for several years with my father and saw an opportunity there to really develop New Zealand as a destination that was probably, itineraries were very 
simple and all sort of following each other in a figure eight around the country. So it was to become a market leader and a New Zealand specialist was the aim. And coach touring was the key aspect of the business. So yeah, we decided to showcase more of the breathtaking scenery that was on offer and getting out to a few of those less traveled roads. Things like guaranteed departures were things that were really important to us from day one, which has really been a huge hit with the industry from very early days, from that first tour that went out with four passengers only in 1996 and has grown to amazing sites since then. And things like prepayment of all of our tours to the supply, very important for making things simple and clean. So it was all about getting processes that would work well with the volume of business we were doing with the various tour series we were operating and really being an expert at one thing, and that was New Zealand Coach Holidays. So it's been a fabulous journey, yeah, 27 years, So and there's not too much I'd change. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. And what are some of the key trends that you've observed the last 27 years? Have there been any major changes in the way that people enjoy group travel? Yeah, I think certainly seen a lot transition and we've been through many highs and lows through a lot of the just the different events that we've been through, whether it be the earthquakes, the, the floods, COVID, obviously, the latest sort of, which was a huge transition. So watching the moves from 48-seater coaches where we first began back in 96 and seeing how people are enjoying a coach holiday overall, I feel that that travel has changed somewhat. And the expectations now are a little bit more about the experience and the larger numbers are probably not as important. And so several years ago, we built our first upmarket business class coach and and that saw a new era begin with 20 seaters more luxurious more quality versus quantity and I think that's the perception of coach touring sort of changed somewhat and we're very excited to lead that process and still have our 48 seater coaches there available but give people the option to upgrade to a better class of a product and a more intimate experience which you know since the last few years we've seen has really expanded so that program has gone from strength to strength and we've now introduced a 32-seater product, which is our premium economy. And, and that has actually replaced the 48-seater coaches, which we've seen as a new entry point. So I think a big move, a big change from what was our traditional business back when we first started. But those trends have been very clear as we've watched people's purchasing, people's uh, excitement. And also it's about the New Zealand environment, about the experiences on offer as well, mm. and how everybody's looking at numbers and how many people that they're working through each of their activities, hotels, crowds, all of that has sort of really met that new model of quality versus quantity. So I think we've been very excited internally about the changes and moving forward. And our first season coming up as, we, as we're as we in now from September has been the first season that we're running tours without the 48-seater coaches. So that is a massive change for us in, in 27 years. So, But very happy and uh, very excited at the booking trends in that new product. Yeah, I guess it's probably a little bit too early to tell what the customer feedback is on those smaller coaches, but obviously your booking data will tell you that they're encouraged to see that and they're excited to join a a slightly smaller tour, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the first Ultimate Coach was built just um, 15 years ago. So we've actually gradually built that up. We've got six of those on the road now with a seventh arriving next year and an eighth the following year. So that's driven some huge opportunities for some capacity to increase mm. with the range of itineraries. And it's the highest rating tour product that we've been offering in conjunction with all tour series. So the 32 seaters that have come in now, seeing the initial response to those, we ran them last season as well in conjunction with the 48 seaters. 
And we were seeing that that was just really going from strength to strength and that people were upgrading with the slight cost difference from the 48-seater coaches to the 32s, just providing that more intimate travel experience, a third less passengers, a more spacious and comfortable environment in the coach itself. And so, yes, we've really seen that that passengers have adapted to that. They're happy to pay a bit more for an experience that is a little bit more of a quality offering. And, and I think it all comes down to your infrastructure and your ability to as a business from administration and processes and just keeping things simple and easy to manage. So the staff have been very happy with those changes and some of the things such as modules that we used to run on the larger coaches have now been removed and we've been able to run the tours now all the way through so the group experienced the whole journey together. And mm-hmm. that is really one of the essences of what coach touring is all about and has been received really well from the trade, the passengers themselves. And so the feedback, yeah, the first two tours that came back on our ultimate experience in September last month, uh, the tour of our director and our coach captain, perfect 10. So we couldn't ask for more than that in terms of the... Uh... That's fabulous. And have you made any major changes to the experiences that you include in your tours as a result of having a, a slightly smaller group? Yeah, it's a good question. We're always looking at what's available. And I think, you know, when you get to seeing all the new product on offer each year, we tend to look at those activities and introduce new experiences where we can. Natural attrition with New Zealand being such an innovative country, the experiences that we're currently working with are being expanded and adding additional infrastructure, which is fantastic. You know, Hobbiton's got a very exciting enhancement that they're going to produce as of December this year. Mm. We've just seen the gondola upgrade and expansion in Queenstown. So, you know, there's new facilities being built around the Sky Tower facility. So, The natural attrition is great to see those. And then there's new activities that come into play that we haven't used. And those are all reviewed very, very closely. It's all about getting the best out of the the key places that we go to and then giving people some free time to enjoy those optional activities, which are not for everyone, but and it might include a jet boat or a four-wheel drive trip up through the canyon, a helicopter, as we said earlier. So, So that's the excitement of getting the best of the main activities that are really the key focus points and then allowing travellers to enjoy a bit of that icing on the cake activities as an optional extra and and, and a bit of free time, which makes the tours the perfect all-inclusive experience. Mm, Yeah, no, cool. And for the operators that are listening in that might be thinking, hey, I'd love to be able to target that group travel market, what do you look for from operators? Like what? how do you make decisions on who's in, who's out, what might be optional? Yeah, I think each of our products, as I mentioned earlier, has a defined standard that we're offering. And that's really important that the consistency that you're offering throughout a tour, if it's a a three-star, a four-star or a five-star tour, that's great to understand what the market's offering. And so that research is really imperative to get that right and understand the market that you're going to be selling to in terms of the audience. So the supplier relationships is just such a critical part of the success of the whole running a coach uh, product. There's so many things, as we said, we've had lots of things that we've had to deal with, terms and conditions, the product itself, you know, coming out of COVID two and a half years of being uh, shut down was such a, it was almost like a complete restart and getting all of those things back up and running was about keeping the simplicity in there and not trying to complicate things and do too much too soon. And I think that's where having those relationships with the suppliers, we're able to get things done quickly, efficiently. And the number one thing is to make sure that what the travellers are getting is the best value for money that we can provide. So that's probably the best way to sum that up there. 
Hmm, great. And thinking through the years, we've obviously had some big changes in technology. We've had some big changes in how travel is distributed through various channels. What marketing strategies have been most effective for you? And what have you noticed that's changed in the 27 years? Our key partnerships are really critical and what we do is we develop annual campaigns with those partners and a lot of them are centred around the launch of the brochure which is a very big, a lot of people are booking a fair way ahead so those campaigns have got a lot of activity. Different parts of the world have different peaks such as the UK in January, February so a lot of our partners up there are really keen to promote aspects there so the marketing is very much centred around those activities and I think for us it's about things that are from a local perspective here in Australia, where we built a coach which was used purely as a promotional tool that travelled around the country and was virtually talking about the range of product, the tours, the personalised service to the customers directly with the agents that were involved in their local region. Now, that was one of the most successful marketing campaigns that we have run throughout the years. Mm. And then we incorporated that with all the suppliers coming over from New Zealand and doing what many of the suppliers listening will be our annual roadshows, which are some of the most memorable events where that message and that storytelling, which um, is what it's all about when you talk about the New Zealand experience, um, those days and uh, the fun, the talk about New Zealand and the destination information that we're able to give as a complete group it was such a successful model that we worked for many, many years and was very exciting. And I think that doing it as a complete industry is one of the most successful things that we've done. And many of those roadshows continue on these days with a lot of the RTOs and the suppliers coming out. So, so yeah. Yes, I was fortunate to join one of your roadshows. I think it must have been back in 2010, so a long time ago, but it was a very memorable trip. And I just remember as we moved through well, up the east coast of Australia, how excited the travellers were to actually talk to Kiwis and really get to understand what they were going to be doing when they got here on one of your tours. And yeah, it was just a real good buzz and energy in the room from that. And I know that the sales were, were pretty strong too. Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, we tally up the sales and give the big update at the co- front of the coach as we travelled to the next destination and there'd be celebrations. And and it really did. It was it was quite extraordinary, the results and and the team couldn't wait to to get onto those roadshows from year to year. They were just very successful. And and I think the customers that came along really walked away with a sense of, wow, that's the only way to go and travel on a coach holiday to New Zealand and see everything with a like-minded group of people. And the value, obviously, was a big part of that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Now, we've obviously had a, a huge rise in social media How have you harnessed the power of the platforms like Instagram and Facebook to engage with your audience? Is it important? And how do you showcase the beauty of New Zealand to potential travellers through those channels? Yeah, it's a great question. Obviously, there's been a lot of development in the social side of it. We still print a full-colour extensive brochure of all of our programs, which is the major tool that goes around to the agents and uh, a lot of the consumer shows that we do. But the website has been such a significant tool, which is very important from a marketing perspective. So we've uh, developed and uh, recreated a very um, simple and easy to use. Uh, We use it as a training tool in a lot of cases. It's got such valuable information in there. Uh, And um, things such as the agent portal, which have so many bits and pieces on there for them to understand everything happening in the world of GPT and the resources that they need is amazing. 
So that's that from a technology perspective has been really important. And for customers to get on and see the range of tours and the ease of the information. Plus, we've engaged an external company who's been looking after all of our social media, which includes all of our socials. And so we present the content and they then develop all of those posts and manage that on a month by month basis. And the extensive range of those posts has just been such a critical part of regular activity and and great to have that support with our, that external company that we're working with who know our business very well. So um, very important part. Yeah, oh, that's great to hear. And we've talked a lot, particularly in the last few years through COVID, around sustainability, responsible travel, regenerative tourism. What have you done in your business to incorporate some of those more eco-friendly practices into the tours and, and marketing efforts? Yeah. Yeah, look, it's a really important thing, obviously. Systems internally, obviously, used to have a lot of cumbersome servers and all the rest of it. Recently, we just upgraded all of that into the cloud, which has made things extremely less clunky, a lot of machinery taken away and all of that technical equipment. We've also looked at everything that not just internally, but also what we're doing as a company with our documentation. A lot of that had uh, quite a bit of plastic and uh, bits and pieces involved there. So there's been a huge review on reducing that emission and uh, making sure that that we're doing our part for the environment and the sustainability aspect. So that's in the process of being upgraded and changed now to more quality products and less of that plastic type product that we have used in the past. And obviously all of our suppliers are engaged exceptionally closely in New Zealand with the coaches in terms of the electric vehicles, all of that sort of automation, which is currently being discussed about the innovation that will be the new way for touring to operate as we develop those, as we develop that, that technology. So everybody's thinking about that. It's a very important part of how we operate together. And, and, and we present a lot of that information on our website as well, right down at the coaches, the cleanliness, the health and safety, the protocols that are really important to the travellers on tour, even on board aircraft, you know, everything that they really should be aware of that's a key part of the travelling experience from the time they get ready to go to the time they get on the plane and then once they're in New Zealand. So there's many elements that we like to showcase and that's continually being updated as more of that important information comes to hand. Mm, awesome. And you mentioned electric coaches there. I know there's a lot of work going on around the world in the space of e-vehicles, but how far realistically do you think we are away from seeing an electric coach for touring on the road? Yeah, it's there's nothing definite in the pipeline at this stage. I think it comes down to the distances and the effectiveness and the charging and, and how it how are that all works from a day-to-day perspective. So it, it's probably a few years away, I think, from completely automating that, but it's, it's all about the research and getting it right before you introduce it. And there are a number of local services that are operating in that capacity at the moment, which is great. So that's certainly being trialled and is in, in place as we speak. So mm-hmm. places like Wellington, where there's got different route services, and that'll continually to be upgraded. Uh, yeah, but I think it's, it's still a few years away before we'll see that occurring on the extended touring side of things. Yeah. Okay. And over the years, have you noticed much of a change in the types of customer that you're getting on board the bus in terms of the demographics, age, detail? Yeah. What I mentioned earlier, just in relation to people wanting a more quality versus quantity experience, I think we're seeing a lot of people now that with that sort of smaller number, we've seen a few more discerning type travellers coming into the play, whereas people wouldn't maybe get typically on a larger vehicle for that um, more extended uh, number with us reducing capacities to 32 and 20 
people in their 50s in my age and and people that, that you know my friends when i talk to them about the products that we're launching i think that's really appealing so mm-hmm. it's actually opened up a wider range of people that are considering our tours because it is that more discerning type traveler the smaller numbers the experiences there's a bit more relaxation time because you get more in your day a 20 seater versus a 48 seater gains an hour more in the day just through the numbers getting on and off the coach so wow. it creates a lot more relaxation a lot more flexibility The crew can put in a few more extras as they're going. And I think it's that luxury that people are happy to pay a little bit more for, which is really attracting that clientele that are happy to pay a bit more for that that more luxury, that higher end experience. So so that's been a great thing as well. The audience has certainly opened up a bit wider than what we used to run with, with just the the larger vehicles. Yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah. yeah, that is exciting. I would, I would never have guessed that you'd save an hour a day just on, on boarding <laughs> boarding the bus. That's incredible. Yes. And, I mean, we always think of group travel as a great way for people to connect with others. And most of us who've done an OE in the UK or Europe have been on one of those group tours right through to the older um, demographic who is travelling on the more inclusive tours that we have. Have you got any good stories? Like, do people get in touch with you and share their experiences and some of those great stories that they have from connecting with their their fellow travellers? Oh, look, we've had the usual successes of marriage proposals and birthdays and celebrations and all those things that have happened on tour. And I think that's the exciting part of it. The crew is a big part of Grand Pacific Tours. We spend a lot of time investing in them with uh, twice a year conferences, catch-ups mid-year and end of year and really celebrating all the success. So, And the travellers are a huge part of the experience and what they provide in sharing their, their stories. They're walking encyclopedias. They're just they're incredible people out the crew. They really make or break the tour. They, they are the essence, and the investment in them is just such a vital part of the passenger's success and, and their communication back to us and their testimonials and all the rest of it. So it's there's lots of great stories. I mean, we've got... There's a Queensland family that travel with us which have got... Their three autistic boys and the mother and the daughter travel with them while the father stays at home with the other daughter. And and it's really exciting to see them blend in and the crew and the other passengers warming to this, um, opening it up to everybody to enjoy the same experience. And they've been to a lot of our road shows where they've come along, met the drivers, met the suppliers. And I think it's it's a great sign that the tours are available to anyone and everyone to get on. Even if someone's in a wheelchair, we've had lots of people come along and they've been able to get on board and be able to do the trips with someone that assists them during the duration of their time. So I, I think it's it's open for all and, and those experiences have been exciting to see those people come back for several tours. And even the father who stays home, he then goes and does his tour, which is his own holidays, to Warbirds. He does our Warbirds tour. So, okay. so it's, a, it's a fabulous story for the whole family connecting and really enjoying New Zealand. And they've done, as I said, a number of trips with us now. We've got lots of great stories. We've had one couple that have been with us three times and they've loved the tours with Grand Pacific so much. They've actually put a little book together, which I've got a copy of just here. You can't see that. but And they went to the trouble of creating this amazing, beautiful coffee book uh, table of all of their experiences and the photos and they delivered that to us with a beautiful note and mm. the reflection on their three tours with Grand Pacific so it was really I think it's kind of personal and everyone treats it like their own and I think that's lovely that connection even though we're not seeing the passengers directly we do get a lot of that feedback and a lot of that great a lot of that great interaction with those who love to share their experience but the crew yeah 
there. They, they're just worth their weight in gold for the way they present New Zealand. And, and that's where it all stems from, for these great testimonials and, and fabulous experiences. Yeah, okay. And what's your secret sauce to getting a crew like that? I mean, we all talk about the challenges of finding staff, keeping staff, training staff, but you've obviously got a bit of a magic formula there. Are you willing to share some of that with us? I think, look, over the years, it's really been, I think, the interaction and how we've engaged with the crew. They're not just drivers' names and tour escorts on a piece of paper. The great thing is that for myself, you know, right through the entire staff, we've all got a personal relationship with them because we all catch up at different times. As I said, we meet with them twice a year. Uh, we value their feedback. We have a lot of discussions about the tours, the itineraries, how things are working, what could be improved. They actually feel a genuine involvement and they feel a genuine part of that interaction. We have Supplier of the Year awards. They love that. They, the crew are rewarded for their great efforts and, and the success of the business is really built around reward acknowledgement and really appreciating them for what they are. So I, I think that is a significant part of the success of our tours, the crew, those ultimate drivers on the six coaches, there's people knocking on the doors to try and get into one of those. So a lot of them have been with us for a long time. Long-standing staff is, as we all know, it's a big part of, of success and, and keeping the people in the business that know what the business is all about. Change is important in different, different ways. But yeah, I think these crew that have been with us for a long time has, has certainly played a, a huge part in why we've been as, as successful as we have been in the last 27 years. So keeping them involved is, is I think, one of the biggest success stories there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, Pete, thank you so much. Before we go, I've just got our little famous quick fire round where I'm going to throw some questions at you and I just need you to answer the first thing that pops into your head. All and, right. And then we'll let you get back to your day. <laughs> Let's yeah. kick off. Who is the most famous person in your phone contacts? Famous person? Oh, it's not a code you'd be familiar with, but it's Kevin Sheedy, who is a oh. famous Essendon football. He's just an incredible person. Yes, AFL player, legend. Yes. Yes. Yes, yeah. and obviously being a big Geelong Cats fan, I, I do know who Kevin is, so that's, yep, awesome. <laughs> who would play yeah. you in a movie about your life? About my life? Well, you know what? I've been told that David Caruso, who is NYPD Blue lead actor there, he yeah. looks very much like myself. And a lot of people have said that we've got the same type of mannerisms. So always being on the right side of the law as I am, he probably <laughs> would be the one to play my part. So, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, no, that's a good oh, answer. What's your favourite book? You know what? I'm actually not a big book reader. I'm more of a podcast listener. So there you go. Okay. Well, so, there you go. Uh, What's your favourite podcast? You know what? I love the travel. Can't wait to listen to more of yours. Now you've changed the things up. So yeah, there's there's many different out there. There's lots of great financial uh, updates that I'm really interested in with the real estate side of things. Tourism, obviously, podcasts. There's plenty of those that we love to listen to. So mm. it's not one uh, particular show that I listen to every week. It's just a lot of general general podcasts that are that are mm. around the traps, which is great. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I've come across a few good ones recently as well, which is some um, quite good fun. Hey, look, what's one thing you'd never do again? I'd probably never, ever serve a beer behind the bar without permission. <laughs> I was at a, at a bar the other week and basically the guy was there trying to pour a few beers and they were ice creams. There was, there was ice cream everywhere. And anyway, I just couldn't believe what was happening in front of me. And I said, would you like a hand? And he said, yes, could you help me? So I ducked around, started to help him pouring these beers. 
yeah. went around to the other side, paid. Next thing you know, I've got one of the security guys telling me that I had to leave. So anyway, oh. I was doing the right thing. And anyway, this was, yeah, one thing that I probably wouldn't do again, although I was trying to help and assist him yep. in the boring. But there you go. Oh, that's what you get for helping, hey? Now, yeah. who's your hero? Hero have to be my dad. Mentor, everything about my life is due to what he provided me. The 10 years we had together in tourism was just incredible. Yeah, a fabulous mentor, entrepreneur. Yeah, wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today without without his love and support. Yeah. Nice. And we talked about your favourite tourism experience in New Zealand. What's your favourite destination in New Zealand? You know what? I'm going back to that first story. It has to be Queenstown and uh, several reasons for that. Obviously, a lot of great events. Probably the most significant will be a surprise birthday when I had my family in New Zealand for three months, my wife and I and our four children Mm -hmm. and surprising her in Queenstown where we flew in close to 100 people from Australia and invited a lot of select guests in New Zealand. And we had a fabulous three-day experience in Queenstown, including a charter on the Ernst Law helicopters, jet boats, the whole thing. And the surprise was something out of this world as we flew in to Queenstown Airport on our own helicopter and were welcomed by over 100 people at Queenstown Airport waving and welcoming her, which was complete surprise. So, yeah, it, it's been an amazing ride. The Yeah, lots of great memories around the whole of New Zealand. But, yeah, Queenstown is my favourite destination. Love it for so many different reasons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, you're not the only one. It's a very popular answer on this show, as you can imagine. (laughs) Thank you so much for giving your time today to have a chat. I've really enjoyed learning more about Grand Pacific Tours and obviously your 27 years in business and congratulations on that. Here's to the next 27 and look forward to catching up with you soon. That's great, Michelle. Thanks for the chat today. Really enjoyed it. Kaki day.